This is an Asphalt Studios production. Let's take a drive down. Let's take a drive down Tanja Avenue. It's time to talk about Operation Paperclip. Microsoft's Clippy, baby. Damn I'm Tasman. Hey, Taz, was that okay? Because, uh... Uh, you said to have 10 seconds of complete silence before, after we sync up, and then I decided to do 10 seconds of constant sound? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Okay. I'll use my, my, uh, my 10 seconds of silence instead of yours. I didn't even count, I don't know if it was 10 seconds. <laughs> uh, it was actually like 8, because I was looking at the timer, so. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. oh well. I'm Tasman, what's your I'm name? I'm Bryson! Whoa! This is Tangent Avenue. Uh, yeah. In the show, we uh, take a uh, let's restart that, huh? I'm Bryson, <laughs> and this is Tangent Avenue. In this show, we bring a new topic every week, spanning the incredibly broad to the incredibly niche, and we tell each other all about it. Hell yes! Before we talk about a good friend Clippy today, we want to, of course, thank you for tuning in. Remind you to subscribe wherever you're listening. Leave a five star review for us to read on the show, and of course, tell us some tell some friends about us. It's the easiest if you way have to support to. the show. If, if you, if you have, have friends, yeah. but you do have to tell them if you do. Yeah. Uh, it's the easiest way to support the show. And if you want more, subscribe to our Patreon for only $5. Get early ad-free access to all episodes. A weekly power hour that covers many topics or can just be us hanging out. It really depends on the week. This week uh, will be us just hanging out, I believe. Um, yeah. Which, you know what? <laughs> We, we have people you can blame for that, and we'll tell you yep. who. <laughs> yeah, we'll tell you on the power hour. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Spoiler alert, one of them's my parents. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, anyways, we'll also be doing a monthly Tangent Takeover episode, which is a fan-submitted, fan-voted-on topic, and an exclusive D&D actual play podcast, Tangent Tabletop, launching in April. Uh, we. That's right, such... bitches. You'll be able to see me at my best when I'm Hell, pretending to not yes. be myself. <laughs> we do have session zero up on the Patreon. By the time this comes out, I believe. If not, then fuck me, and you can. Well, you fuck can... Aaron. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the first four episodes will be dropped here on the main feed uh, for free before going on exclusive. Two will be the launch week. The next two will be the following week. Um. And yeah, we look forward to seeing you there, and thank you all for your continued support. So, Bryson. Yeah, what's up? What do you know about Operation Paperclip? Yeah, so uh, Paperclip would be uh, was something that would show up on a lot of like Microsoft uh, software mm-hmm. that would show up to kind of tutorialize at you. Uh, it was very right. annoying. There's he also, also did some really, Nazi salutes. There's also some really hot um, fan art of Clippy pregnant. Um, that I can send to you if you want. Nope. No, I do not want. Here, let me just Google that real quick. Uh, Clippy pregnant. <laughs> Clippy pregnant. Yeah, let me just pull this uh, up real quick. I um, hate you so yeah, much. Yeah, and you're gonna have to put this in the in the show notes because we've talked about it so much. <laughs> or we could not show. talk about it. We Both could not talk fine. about it. But here's the image. And I, I posted it in such a way that all of our friends will see it, too. So, <sighs> Thoughts? Yeah, you did send it in the Asphalt I did Studios. send it. I'm yep. not a fan. Okay, but are you a fan of this one? Hey, we're going to move on real quick. All right. <laughs> uh, awful. Uh-huh. Absolutely I think awful. it's great. 
but you know you can think it's me. great and be wrong fine All right. uh so yeah operation paperclip is this really cool really good thing that me the american hey, government not to did bring up clippy fan art again but can i uh just say it is kind of shocking how much hatsune miku art there is of clippy which is uh hatsune miku is a kind of a figure in, in anime but here's uh that same pregnant clippy but with hatsune miku for some reason <laughs> Seven months pregnant. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, anyways, it's this really cool, really good thing that the government did after World War II, where we took some Nazis and had them work for us, and they never had to pay for their crimes. It's some good stuff. Of course not. Why would we make criminals pay for their crimes in this country? This country right. is almost exclusively can, criminal. Yeah, you can start a, a coup and not get punished for it. And not All's get punished good. for it because Ted Cruz met with your lawyers during the trial. Yeah. And he's good. not going to get punished for that either because it's, you know, mm -hmm. obviously justice. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, On to Cancun from the coup. Hell yeah. Cancun, if shit. you will. I, I won't. Um... <laughs> So, in the later part of World War II, Nazi Germany found itself at a logistical disadvantage having failed to conquer the USSR and its drive for the uh, Caucasus. The failed conquest had depleted Nazi resources, and its military-industrial complex was unprepared to defeat, uh, sorry, to defend the Greater Germanic Reich uh, against the Red Army's westward counterattack. By early 1943, the German government began recalling from combat a number of scientists, engineers, and technicians to work in research and development to bolster German defense for a, uh, a protracted war with the USSR. The recall from the frontline combat included a total of 4,000 rocketeers. Overnight, doctors and scientists were liberated from kitchen police duty, masters of science were recalled from orderly service, mathematicians were hauled out of bakeries, and precision mechanics ceased to be truck drivers. What were the mathematicians doing in the bakeries? It's a good question. <laughs> what was it's, going on in those bakeries? Uh, some Nazi shit, I assume. Were they the ones making those candles that are shaped like numbers? Probably, yeah. I hope so. Uh, German the Nazi, Nazi bakers. <laughs> uh, the Nazis' government recall of their uh, now useful intellectuals for scientific work first required identifying and locating the scientists, engineers, and technicians. Then ascertaining their political... Get out of here. I don't want to update my computer. You're covering my script, you asshole. Yeah, Nazis, um, get out of here. Then ascertaining their political computer. and... <laughs> he doesn't want to update anything, you fucking idiots. Uh, and ideological reliability. Because they wanted to work with people who only, you know, they deemed wouldn't be a threat to their, you know, genocidal tendencies. Mm -hmm. Um... Warner Osenberg, the, the engineer scientist... I've, I've considered a couple genocidal tendencies in my life, and I can yeah. say that I wouldn't want people to develop defenses for my nation that would <laughs> have a problem with me wanting to kill people. Yeah, of course. Our arbitrary metrics <laughs> that we don't got to worry about. Bryson, this is the first time we've recorded with um, video, and it's weird. I just want. I know. To know I, I hate looking at you. Frankly, <laughs> it sucks. It's fair. Hey it's guys, fair. you're welcome for not putting this shit on YouTube. Because <laughs> yikes. Yet, uh, Warner Osenberg, the engineer scientist heading the Defense Research Association, recorded the names of the politically cleared men to the Osenberg list, which enabled them to continue their scientific work. 
The fact that this list only contains scientists cleared to work for the Nazi party is very important to note. Mm -hmm. In March of 1945, at Bonn University, a Polish laboratory technician found pieces of the Ozenberg list stuffed in a toilet. The list... <laughs> the li <laughs> Because he pulled it out of his ass, didn't he, yeah, Jazz? He absolutely did. Pulled it out the of list... his ass, uh, failed to flush. That's to flush. the worst thing about Nazis is that they don't flush. Yep. The worst uh, thing. <laughs> the list subsequently reached M16, who transmitted it to U.S. intelligence. If you don't know what M16 is, it's um, M16 was formerly the Secret Intelligence Service, a British government agency responsible for the collection, analysis, appropriate dissemination of foreign intelligence. Following the rise of power of Adolf Hitler in Germany, M16 conducted espionage operations in Europe, Latin America, and much of Asia. Hey, buddy. But that's not too important. What's up? Are you sure that's not MI6? It might be MI6. <laughs> yeah, it's MI6. Oh, well. M16 sounds better. <laughs> M16's a gun. I know. Yeah, yeah. Do you not um, watch Bond movies? <laughs> It's been a long time since I've watched a Bond movie, to be honest. But yeah, it's it's MI6. You're right. Um, after being transmitted Get one to thing the right. Get one <laughs> thing right. After being transmitted to the U.S., uh, U.S. Army Major Robert B. Staver, Chief of the Jet Propulsion B. Section. B. Staver. B. Staver. Yeah. Wow. It might be Staver, guy, but either way. That guy sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was chief of the Jet Propulsion Section of the Research and Intelligence Branch of the U.S. Army Ordnance Corps. And he used the Ozenberg list to compile his list of German scientists to be captured and interrogated. Werner von Braun, Germany's premier rocket scientist, headed Major Staver's list, or Staver, whatever. Bryson, do you know about Werner von Braun and any of his work in Germany? I don't, but I know he's got a lovely name. Von yes. Braun? Von Braun. It's a really good name. That's uh, one of the better ones so far. So far, I yeah. can't wait to hear Adolf Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk about him for a minute because he's pretty important to this project. So the so Von Braun and the Nazi Third Reich would uh, would have their Facebook status. As opposed to the non-Nazi Third Reich. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, their relationship status would be marked as complicated. He applied the membership uh, for membership of the Nazi Party on November 12th, 1937 and was issued membership number... 5,738,692, because they're all just numbers to Nazis. Catchy, yeah. Yeah. Michael J. Newfield, an author of Aerospace in History and Chief of Space History Division at the Smithsonian's National Air and Space Museum, what a title, wrote that 10 years after Von Braun obtained his Nazi party membership, he signed an affidavit for the U.S. Army misrepresenting the year of his membership. This, this is Von Braun. In 1939, I was officially demanded to join the National Socialist Party. At this time, I was already the technical director at the Army Rocket Center of uh, Pinamud, Baltic Sea. Pinamud? Pinamud. Uh, it uh, might be Pinamunde or something like that. Uh, you know, I don't speak German, so... Uh, the technical work... That's a failure on your part, I want you to know that. Yeah, I should have learned German for this entire episode. <laughs> yeah. Just this episode. Or, or at the very least, looked up pronunciations eh. of the words you'd be saying it's fair that's fine All right. uh the technical work carried out there had in the meantime attracted more and more attention in higher levels thus my refusal to join the party would have meant that i would have to abandon the work of my life therefore i decided to join my membership in my party in the party i didn't want to quit my job so i became a nazi <laughs> what else do you do whoopsie <laughs> 
Cubs. They had such good benefits. It's such good, and I did so much for them and killed so yeah. many people. Absolutely, uh, he was good at it. Yeah, he okay? was. He was very good at it. Uh, therefore, I decided to join. My membership in the party did not involve any political activity. It's unknown whether. <laughs> oh, okay. If he didn't show up at a at the polls, I guess if he didn't vote for any Nazis, I guess we can clear him that. Yeah. <laughs> God, that kicks ass. Doesn't it? Whoa, 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 whoa! I didn't go on any marches or anything. <laughs> I just developed gas tubes. I didn't even know what they used them for. No, he developed something worse. Okay. It's unknown whether he genuinely made a mistake on the year or if it was deliberate for some reason. But Michael goes on to write, Von Braun, like other Pinamunders, Pinamunders, was assigned to the local group in Kalshagen. There's no evidence that he did more than send in his monthly dues, but he is seen as some photographs with the party Swatsuka pen in his lapel. Uh, it was politically useful to demonstrate his Say membership. Say lapel for me one more time, please. Lapel? Lapel? Cool. Is it not lapel? It's not lapel. What is it? <laughs> it lapel. Lapel. Shit. I should have known that. <laughs> I really should have known that. Wow. God, man, someday we'll teach you how to read. Yeah, someday. Uh, Von Braun, it's weird how I don't struggle with like the longer words. I struggle with the shorter ones. <laughs> no. Uh, Anything vaguely not phonetic, yeah. you just really fuck up on. Uh, Von Braun's relationship with the Nazi party would grow even more complicated into the late 1930s and early 1940s. He said that he had been so influenced by the early Nazi promise of release from post-World War I economic effects that his patriotic feelings had increased. In a 1952 memoir article, he admitted that at a time, he fared relatively well under totalitarianism. Uh, Fuck. Totalitarianism. Uh, totalitarianism. I can't, man. I can't. Total? No, Total? no, we're going to do this. Okay, all right. Total? Total. Totalitar. To totalitar. <laughs> Totalitarian. Totalitarianism. We there did we it. go. Cool. We did it. Yet, he also wrote that to us, Hitler was still only a pompous fool with a Charlie Chaplin mustache, that he received... Uh, perceived him as Man, another Napoleon. Don't you wish we could still be in the days where we called it the Charlie Chaplin mustache? <laughs> and not the Hitler stash. <laughs> not the Hitler stash. Yeah. Uh, who was uh, holy without scruples, a godless man who thought himself of the only god. So, cool. Uh, obviously not a fan of Hitler, which is fair. Um, <laughs> I've got my problems with the guy, too. What can yeah. I say? It's just, it's not the fact that he killed six million Jews. I just hate yeah. his mustache and the fact that he's arrogant. Yeah, I hate the mustache, and I hate that he's not a real Christian. That's... Yeah. <laughs> uh, but... The rest of it? Fine. Give or take. Yeah, I don't care, really. Uh, now, I don't support it. Like I said, I didn't do any of the political shit with the Nazis. I just, I'm just a uh, centrist, them. and I don't care. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, kill all the Jews. Not. These are the same to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Von Braun joined the SS Horseback Riding School in 1933 out of what he deemed necessity. Fucking rules, by the <laughs> <Yeah>. way. <laughs> in order to continue his life's work and was awarded the rank of lieutenant. When shown a picture of himself standing behind Himmler wearing the Nazi uniform, Von Braun claimed to have worn the SS uniform only that one time. But in a 2002, a former SS officer at, P at Pinamonde told the BBC that Von Braun had regularly worn the SS uniform to official meetings. 
He began as a second lieutenant. This and guy was... is such a fucking. <laughs> this guy has <laughs> cotton candy where his spine should be. Yeah, it's yeah. just like <laughs> I only wore it the one time, guys. It was like it was, you know, it was a thing. You know, it's like wearing your camp uniform uh, at camp. You know, you just gotta put it on. It's the same you know? thing as being a Boy Scout. You know, I just gotta. Yeah, wear the it. same thing. They taught yeah, me. Yeah, we had Boy Scouts I, back know, in my it, day. Sure, yeah. we called them the Hitler Youth. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, some people taught them to tie knots. I taught them how to build rockets and kill people. It's fine. Exactly. Uh, he began. And we, and we tied knots. <laughs> <laughs> we tied knots. We tied plenty of knots, but we also killed a lot of uh, yeah. knots, you know, like uh, marriages because we killed yeah. them. We did a double helix knot. We learned how to tie a noose. We learned how to Tying build a roots. rocket to, uh, you know, blow up uh, any, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. That, and yep. uh, mm-hmm. what's the other knot that we did? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he began as a second lieutenant and was promoted three times by Himmler. The last time in June 1943 to SS Major. Von Braun later claimed that these were simply technical promotions received each year regularly by mail. Oh, man, this guy is—he's got an answer for everything, doesn't he? Yeah, he really does. Oh, <laughs> uh, the the thing of me wearing the SS uniform—I know it looks bad, but uh, it was just the one time. Me Shut being up, a Hitler. major, <laughs> me being a major in yeah. the Nazi regime. Uh, no, just technical. It, it was, was just really, my annual fucking yeah. performance review, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a formality, okay? I was in it for the science. Uh, in 1933, von Braun was working on his creative doctorate when the Nazi party came to power in a coalition government in Germany. Rocket, uh, rocketry was almost immediately moved onto the national agenda. An artillery captain, Walter Dernenberger, arranged an, ordin- an ordinance... Oh, Dernenberger. Depart- Dernenberger. <laughs> oh, let's, uh, just, let's just soak in that for a minute, huh? Yeah. Dernenberger? Dernenberger. It might be Dornberger, Man, did- but Dernen sounds better. <laughs> Yeah, Dernenberger is great because it sounds like he was definitely bullied. <laughs> That's why he's a Nazi, I'd, you know. Yeah, I'd bully him. <laughs> Have you heard of the Third Wave? The Third, third wave. wave Project. I haven't. I want to do an episode on it, but essentially it was this um this high school well, then teacher. Don't talk about it. Okay. All right, fine. <laughs> one of Okay, I'll tell you Okay, okay. One part of it which is uh uh-huh. during this project he found that the kids who uh, weren't like super low on the platform or super high, and they're very middle of the road, like middle class Americans essentially. Uh, more easily became Nazis, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's a classic <laughs> thing where it's like if you're not. Well, you know, they came for first. They came for the socialists, mm-hmm. and I did nothing because I was not a socialist. It's the similar thing. Anytime a fascist re- regime like begins to gain power, uh. Anyone who is either not being actively hurt by them or anyone who is empowered in such a way that they can look down on somebody, likely not going to be doing a lot to stop the fascist regime unless they're aware of what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, it's it's a cool project. Um, I mean, it's not, but it is. It's a good thing that it happened, but it also sucks that it happened, if that makes sense. Um, sure i don't know what you're talking about but yeah yeah it'll be a, a good episode we'll talk about nazis again <laughs> i won't pay attention even then probably not uh anyways an artillery captain walter dernberger arranged an ordnance department research grant for von braun who then worked next to dernberger's existing solid fuel rocket test at uh 
Kummersdorf. Dorf. Kummersdorf. Uh, von Braun was awarded a doctorate in physics, aerospace engineering on twenty seventh on July twenty seventh, nineteen thirty four, uh, from the University of Berlin for a thesis entitled "About Combustion Tests." But this thesis was only the public part of von Braun's work. His actual full thesis, "Construction, Theoretical, and Experimental Solution to the Problem of Liquid Propellant Rocket," was kept classified by the German Army and was not published until nineteen sixty. And by the end of 1934, his group had successfully launched two liquid-fueled rockets that rose to heights of around two miles. A V2- Two miles. Two miles. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Good job, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. You're almost putting a dent in North Korea. They can't even reach New York. Uh, a V-2 crashed in Sweden, and some parts were sent to an Annapolis lab where American physicist Robert H. Goddard uh, who Von Braun reached out to for his work on rockets, was doing research for the Navy. Goddard is reportedly, uh, reported I to wonder, have... I wonder... What? Do you remember Jimmy Neutron? Yes. Do you think this is where they got the name for this dog? Oh, maybe, Goddard? yeah. Yeah. Probably. It's gotta be, right? Yeah. Uh, he's reported to have recognized components that he had invented and inferred to that his brainchild had been turned into a weapon by Von Braun later. Uh, Von Braun would comment, I have very deep and sincere regret for the victims of the V-2 rockets, but there were victims on both sides. A war is a war, and when my country is at war, my duty is to help win that war. And Hell kill yeah, six I million Jews. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there were victims. Guys, there were good <laughs> people on both sides. Man, what a Trump quote. <laughs> right? Uh... Um, in June 1937, at Neuhenberg, uh, a large field about 43 miles east of Berlin, listed as a reserve airfield in the event of war, an attempt at designing a gas-powered rocket was flown with its piston engine shut down during flight by Wurzwitz, at which time it was propelled by von Braun's rocket power alone. Despite a wheel-up landing in the uh, fuselage having been on fire, it proved to official circles that an aircraft could be flown uh, satisfactory with a back thrust system to the rear. You know, that's uh, eventually how, you know, jets and stuff like that would come to fly. Uh, he he was a very smart guy, unfortunately. On <laughs> December 22nd, 1942, Adolf Hitler ordered the production of the A-4 as a vengeance weapon, and the Pinamunde group developed it to target London. Following von it fucking rules. I realize that this is like fascist playbook number one. Yeah. But man, I love the fact that almost everything Hitler talks about is like vengeance, as if he isn't the uh, number one aggressor in yeah. almost every historical <laughs> moment yep. of the 1940s. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a good it's time. So, yeah, I know like the whole like your enemy is both weak and strong, mm -hmm. but like, goddamn, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um,. Yeah, he, they developed it to target London. London? <laughs> London. Uh, <laughs> wow, you can't even see just... Wow, man. Wow. I, it's so weird to see that your uh, ability to pronounce just the most basic of words is only getting worse as this podcast goes on. Yeah. Ugh. Following Von Braun's uh, July 7th, 1943 presentation of a color movie showing an A4 rocket taking off, uh, or missile, I guess, was so enthusiastic, Hitler was so enthusiastic that he personally made Von Braun a professor shortly thereafter. So, good things. All, right. All good things yeah. so far. SS General... Yeah, imagine, <laughs> imagine your gift from Hitler just being another job. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh. 
uh, SS General Hans Kammler, who was an engineer, as uh, had constructed several concentration camps, including Auschwitz, had a reputation for brutally brutality and had originated the idea of using concentration camp prisoners as slave laborers in the rocket program. Wow, crazy so, to imagine that the guy who invented Auschwitz had a uh, reputation for cruelty. Well, yeah, yeah, weird, huh? Um, yeah. Arthur Rudolph, chief engineer of the V2 rocket factory at Pinamunde, endorsed this idea in April 1943 when a labor shortage developed. More people died building the V2 rockets than were killed by it as a weapon. Uh, Von Braun admitted visiting the plant at Middlework on many occasions and called conditions at that plant repulsive but claimed to never have per- personally witnessed any deaths or beatings, although it had become clear to him by 1944 that deaths had occurred. He denied... Absolute bullshit, right? <laughs> right. Like... Yep. He denied ever having visited the Mittelbau-Dora concentration camp itself, where 20,000 people died from illness, beatings, hangings, and intolerable working conditions. Some prisoners claimed Von Braun engaged in brutal treatment or approved of it. Uh, Guy Morand, a French resistance fighter who was a prisoner in Dora, testified in 1995 that after an apparent sabotage attempt, Von Braun ordered a prisoner to be flogged, while Robert Casabone, another French prisoner, claimed Von Braun stood by as prisoners were hanged by chains suspended by cranes. Former Buchenwald inmate Adam Kabala claims that Von Braun went to the concentration camp to pick slave laborers. Quote, also, the German scientists, led by Professor Werner von Braun, uh, were aware of everything daily. As they went along the corridors, they saw exhaustion of the inmates, their arduous work, and their pain. Not one single time did Professor von Braun protest against the cr- this cruelty. During his frequent stays at Dora, even the aspect of corpses did not touch him. On a small area near the ambulance shed, inmates tortured to death by slave labor and the terror of the overseers were piling up daily but Professor Warner von Braun passed him so close that he was almost touching the corpses. God, I, this guy sucks, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, he only sucks? Yeah, he only sucks. Um, yeah. The first combat, A4, renamed the V2. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not shocked that the Nazi sucks, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> but he could at least do the honor of not being a fucking pussy about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first comp- Jesus yeah, Christ, yeah. man. <laughs> uh, renamed the V2, or the, forgive me for this, the Virg... Oh, you're going to mispronounce something? <laughs> yeah, Virgil Tungswaff, uh 2, or the Retaliation Vengeance Weapon 2, uh, for propaganda purposes, of course, was launched towards England yeah. on September 7th, 1944, only 21 months after the project had been officially commissioned. Von Braun's interest in rockets was specifically for the applications of space travel, not for killing people. Satirist Morosal has been credited with mocking Von Braun by saying, I aim at the stars, but sometimes I hit London, which is really fucking good. (laughs) 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 Oh, that fucking rules. Yeah. Uh, Von Braun would later admit in private to be disappointed in the fact that he wasn't working on a spaceship and that he felt the war wasn't going anywhere. An SS spy reported on this, and Von Braun would be arrested for uh, defeatist attitude and being a communist sympathizer. But Hitler dropped the charges when he saw no <laughs> progress and it was made. A defeatist attitude? <laughs> uh, Just an SS rock. Yeah. An SS soldier walking up like uh, Mr. Uh, Von Braun. Uh, is that you? <laughs> Uh, well, I, I've got orders to arrest you. Uh, let me just take a look at the chart. Bad vibes. Bad, be, bad vibes here. and being a fucking pussy-ass communist yeah. sympathizer. 
Come with Pussy me, sir. Communist sympathizer, bad vibes. No fucking and, spine. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> cotton candy where one's backbone should be. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, but yeah, Hitler dropped the charges when he saw no progress was being made on Von Braun's research. So, what's your thoughts on Von Braun, Bryson? He sucks. Yeah. yeah. He really sucks. I think I've made my thoughts well yeah. known. Uh, his work in the U.S. would prove to be beneficial, but of course, he never paid for his crime. So, in the long run, uh-huh. he's very controversial. But, do you know what else is controversial, Bryson? What? Our ad transitions. Yep. They're they're all bad. They're very bad. There's nothing controversial yeah. about yeah. them. It's been decided by the masses. Yep. And that's fine. Hitler! I mean, ads! <laughs> Hey, Dice Goblins. What? Where are the goblins? Everywhere. They're listening to us right now. They're in our ears. Don't take my wax. Please. It's so precious to me to have the wax. Okay, wax goblin, dice goblins, whatever you need. You guys can visit thetabletopgameshop.com and use the code TANGENT to get 10% off your purchase for all the tabletop RPG games that you need. Oh, I love dice. Give me some of that. Changing from wax goblin to dice goblin? I, I'm both. I, I, I'm i a, I'm a goblin of many stripes. Okay. Any goblin of many stripes? You can, you can be a cup goblin, get some cool cups on that website. Again, that's code TANGENT, T-A-N-G-E-N-T, to get 10% off your purchase. <laughs> Sounds good. How many days has Reagan been dead for? Uh, he has been dead for 9,757 days. Hell yeah. Uh, so we don't have any questions this week. Uh, or we might. I don't know by the time this episode comes out. But as of this moment, we don't have any questions. So if you have any questions for us about the show, about ourselves, or anything along those lines, go ahead and send those over to us on or, Twitter or what? Ask him, Ask us some riddles. Yeah, you can send us some riddles, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, how uh, fun would that, that be? That would be just fun. twenty solid minutes of me and Taz trying to answer a riddle. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you... and I'll just answer it with his mom was the doctor all along. You sexist or <laughs> something like that. I don't know. Uh, you know about that riddle, don't you? I think so. I think I've heard it. Um, what's your favorite riddle? Ooh, my favorite riddle. Uh, I don't remember how it goes or anything, but it's one to do with Sherlock Holmes and John Watson and, like, um, fuck, I don't remember it at all. But I know it's, like, a Sherlock Holmes I've got Holmes a riddle. Riddle. Okay, sure. I've got yeah. a riddle. Um, so, 36 people die in a cabin all at once. You've already told There's me this no one. There's no sign. Oh, During man. the Diallo Pass right. one. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the only riddle I know. <laughs> Well, other than the the mom is the doctor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you can send us those questions on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, or any way you can get a hold of us on our website, whatever. Uh, not on Parlor. Not on Parlor. We're, not, on We're parlor. not. We'll never be on Parlor. <laughs> but you know, like Donald Trump himself, we will never be on Parlor. <laughs> uh, so yeah, go ahead and send those to us. All right, so we're gonna move on with uh, actual okay. Operation Paperclip. Uh, and away from Von Braun a little bit. Of course, he will pop back up here throughout this episode, but, you know, 
And we will throw eggs at him yeah. when he does. Uh, so the Joint Chief of Staffs uh, established the first secret rec- recruitment prog- program. Well, I'm going to restart that. So the Joint yeah. Chief of Staffs established a first secret recruitment program called Operation Overcast on July 20th, 1945, initially to assist in shortening the Japanese war and to aid our post-war military research. In Operation Overcast, Major Staver's original intent was to only to interview the scientists, but what he learned changed the operation's purpose. On May 22nd, 1945, he transmitted to the U.S. Pentagram, Pentagram, Pentagon headquarters uh colonel joel holmes telegram <laughs> i can't get over the fact that I joel said holmes <laughs> yeah that's bad but joel holmes is a bad name yeah also true if your last name is holmes and your name's not sherlock have... well that but also like don't give your kid a name with joel that holmes. same old joel sound holmes. yeah like yeah that just sucks yeah i hope his parents died painfully <laughs> jesus christ um they were probably Nazis, too. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, telegram urging the evacuation of German scientists and their families. As most important for the Pacific War effort, most of the Osenberg List engineers worked at the Baltic Coast German Army Research Center, uh, Pinamande, developing the V-2 rocket. After capturing them, the Allies initially housed them and their families in Landshut, Bavaria, and southern Germany. President Truman publicly criticized the project for 18 months before going through with it. However, he had... He had publicly disapproved of the project and forbid anyone who had been affiliated with the Nazi party in any way to be recruited. To get around this restriction, the files of any Nazi recruit were altered by the government, and the only evidence of their Nazi past was in the form of a paperclip that attached their original files to those being whitewashed. This is where the operation would later get its name. But a really cool thing that Truman admitted later in 1963 was that he was not in the least bit reluctant to approve paperclip. That because of relations with Russia, this had to be done and was done. Hell yeah. I love our government. Woo! <laughs> I love our government pretending to have values. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, That's Nazi? That's definitely not nope, still you're not Nazi. <sighs> <sighs> I bet they did not see that coming. God, man. Just like, no one who is in the Nazi party is allowed to be in there. And, well... I mean, by that I do mean nobody who in our records was a part of the Nazi yeah. party is allowed to be in there. And if we don't have records of it. Mm. Then it's probably not true. <laughs> Deal with it. Um, beginning on July 19th, 1945, the U.S. JCS managed the captured ARC Rocketeers under Operation Overcast. However, when... I know JCS doesn't stand for this, but I did imagine it as, like, a federal version of J.C. Penney. <laughs> What would they sell? The, weapons? Uh, uh, ballistic weave corduroy pants. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, however, when the Camp Overcast name of the scientist quarters became locally known, uh, the program was renamed Operation Paperclip in November of 1945. Despite these attempts at secrecy, later, later that year, the press interviewed several of the scientists. Early on, the United States created the Combined Intelligence Objective Subcommittee, CIOS. Uh, this provided the information on targets for the T-forces that went in and targeted scientific, military, industrial installations and their employees for their know-how. Initial priorities were advanced technologies, such as infrared, that could be used in the war against Japan, finding out that that technology had been passed on to Japan, and finally, to halt the research. Hell yeah. Hell yes. Good for them. Weird, weird to think of a day when infrared technology was advanced. 
I know, right? <laughs> the dream. Uh, a project to halt the research was codenamed uh, Project Safe Haven, and it was not initially targeted against the Soviet Union. Rather, the concern was that the German scientists might immigrate and continue their research in countries such as Spain, Argentina, or Egypt, all of which had sympathized with Nazi Germany. In order to avoid complications involved with the immigration of German scientists, the CIOS was responsible for scouting and kidnapping high-profile individuals for the deprivation of technological advancements in nations outside of the U.S. Uh, fun fact, so th this operation that I'm telling you about, uh, Germany and I think Argentina, it might be Brazil, uh, there's a few countries, Russia, uh, all have a similar project as Operation Paperclip. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, I know We all stole Nazis like... and let them get away with their crimes. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you can't get a Nazi scientist in, can you really call yourself a post-war era country? <laughs> uh, I know that there are a lot of, like, jokes about Nazis going to Brazil, and, like, I think there's, like, a theory that Hitler is still alive in Argentina yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Or... yeah. It's fun. Um... Here's, ho here's hoping, guys. Keep the dream alive. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, much U.S. effort was focused on Saxony and Thuringia, which by July 1st, 1945, would become part of the Soviet occupation zone. Many German research facilities and personnel had been evacuated to these states, particularly from the Berlin area. Uh, fearing that the Soviet takeover would limit U.S. ability to exploit German scientific and technical <laughs> expertise, and not wanting the Soviet Union to benefit from said expertise, the United States instigated an evacuation operation of scientific personnel from Saxony and Thuringia, issuing orders such as, On orders of military government, you are to report with your family and a baggage as much as you can carry tomorrow noon at 1300 hours, Friday 22nd, June 1945 at the town square in Bitterfield. There's no need to bring uh, winter clothing. Easily carried possessions such as family documents, jewelry, and the like should be taken along. You will be transported by motor vehicle to the nearest railway station, where you were then traveled to the west. Please tell the bearer of this letter how large your family is. So, fun. Sounds like more concentration camps. Yep. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, by 1945... If only there was a way to concentrate all these people into one area. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Uh, by 1947, this evacuation operation had netted an estimated 1,800 technicians and scientists along with 3,700 family members. Those with special skills or knowledge were taken to detention and interrogation centers such as one codenamed Despin to be held and interrogated, in some cases, for months. So, essentially, we're not much better than Nazi Germany. We just didn't kill 6 million Jews. Which is a big I mean deal. But we didn't kill we didn't kill six million Jews. We've definitely killed more Native Americans. <laughs> I don't know like, why we I'm got laughing. Them beat some places. I don't know why like, I'm laughing. Yeah, it's because you up. find it funny. You find it's the so suffering of others funny. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, speaking of that, how's Texas? Jesus Christ. Dude. Hey, uh, if you're a hot take, if you're a leftist uh -huh. and you're like. They deserve to die because this is what they voted for. Hey, um, there were more people in Texas who voted for Joe Biden than there were people in New York who voted for Joe Biden. It's yeah. <laughs> uh, a fact. It is. And on top of that, like, just because their political ideology, ideologicals, well. Whoa. Ideologi right, ideologicals. <laughs> yeah. Just because their political ideologicals <laughs> are, are, different. are different than my political ideologicals. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't mean I want them to freeze to death and die. Yeah. 
Uh, it, it is important to acknowledge the fact that they did put themselves in that situation by not being attached to a national power grid uh, and such like that. And it's important to acknowledge those voting you know, instances that did happen and that it could have been prevented. But it does not mean that it is okay for millions of people. I mean, it really could happen anywhere. It could. It, it could happen anywhere, though, because, like, almost all of our power infrastructure is, is D-plus grade because it was made in the fucking 60s. Yeah. With a 50-year time frame. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. all of this shit's going down because nobody wants to build their campaign on infrastructure because yeah, exactly. it's not hot. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, I shared that that post that you just quoted. Um, yeah. It's, it, it is very important. Uh, and it sucks. And if we actually do have quite a few... We have more uh, cities in Texas listening to us than any other state. Fun fact, which wow, is guys. wild. There's not. I hope our terrible jokes are some form of comfort in this t- in this difficult time. I hope so. We'd love to move to Dallas, wouldn't we? Uh, was Dallas uh, the one we were talking about, or was it Austin? Maybe one of them. Yeah. Um. Hey, uh, Texans with strong opinions on either Dallas or <laughs> Austin, of which I know there are a lot of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know where we should go. Yeah. Uh, which one? Ha- specifically, which place has the better barbecue? Because you guys have some great barbecue yeah. down there. Um, yeah. Sure. I mean, I'm more of a Chinese food guy, but well, you know, which has the best Chinese food? <laughs> I don't think either place is known for their Chinese food. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. Um, but yeah, they probably got a good Chinese restaurant there somewhere. Well, yeah, definitely, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, quick break. It's better. Anything's better than Panda Express. Okay. Quick break to yeah. uh, send out our condolences to all the cities in Texas. We don't have as many people in Texas listening to us. As send out Taz's states, condolences. But we do have uh, a lot of cities, which I thought was wild when I was going over our analytics. We are seven states away from the entire United States, like listening to us, which is pretty dope. Not like every person, obviously, but every state. No, every person. <laughs> And we, I think we're, I think we're about 30 countries now, Bryson. Wow. 30. I think so. More than 29 at least. (laughs) Which is pretty cool. Um, I didn't know there were 30 countries. I thought it was just pretty much America and Texas. Texas Texas might be its own country (laughs) at some point. They're trying to succeed. Um, Yeah. Which, hey, you know what? So am I. (laughs) (laughs) Myself as a landmass is trying to secede as well, so. Uh, it, God, okay, can we bitch, can I bitch about Joe Biden some more? Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, he, important, important note on. that I want to make about Joe Biden. He sucks, right? He's a cunt. Yeah. He's only a cunt. Yeah, but here's the thing. <laughs> I see a lot of, like, criticism about Joe Biden, but it's all the fucking wrong things. Like, they're, yeah. they're criticizing the things that any Republican, uh, sorry, they're not criticizing the things that Republicans would do and only criticizing the actual good things that he's doing. Like his immigration yeah, like the, policy. Yeah, the Dakota Access, well, the, well, no, his immigration policy sucks right now. Yeah. Because he's it was, giving more power to ICE. Is he? I didn't see even that. Even though he's, yeah. What? This is like a new development in the last two days. It's like he's re-ratifying the power to ICE, the ACLU. <laughs> Is absolutely infuriating. Never mind. It. It's okay. So fucking stupid. Yeah, the last thing the I saw only good was thing the, he's done. was the thing of like him setting a defined path for people to gain immigration. 
That's yeah, the I last saw that, thing I which saw. Which is cool. But like maybe don't do that and also be like ice is good. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Uh so yeah, I just wanted to point out if you're criticizing Joe Biden for only the uh more leftist Like the Dakota Access Pipeline. What he's doing with that is good. Yeah. Because he's shutting it down. Yeah. And if you're criticizing him for that, you're kind of just a cunt. Yeah. So. It, it's something that I've really noticed lately is Republicans are criticizing him for only things like leftists would do while not even acknowledging the shitty things that he does that both Democrats and Republicans do on a regular basis yeah. because they both fucking suck. And I hate it. And it's been yeah. making me really frustrated. Please go on with whatever you were going to say. <laughs> I, I mean, I kind of got to okay. it. I mean, the fact that he's re-empowering ice... That genuinely sucks. fucking frustrating and any person who said that joe biden is the most progressive president we've ever had he was for like a whole kind of just <laughs> for yeah and we st- i guess who still doesn't have fourteen hundred dollars and by fourteen hundred dollars i mean two thousand fucking dollars yeah. that's another thing we should be criticizing him about not yeah because he promised two thousand and then went back on it and that's the only reason we got georgia mm-hmm. God damn! I what a cunt, man! I I fucking hope he falls down the White House steps. I don't because then we'll have Kamala. Yeah, and she might they, be worse. I hope they're holding hands <laughs> and they fall down together. All right, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so a few of the scientists were gathered uh, up in Operation Overcast, but most were transported to villages in the countryside. Uh, where there were neither research facilities nor work, they were provided stipends and forced to report twice weekly. Stipends, whatever. Uh, report twice weekly Stippins. to police headquarters. Stippins, to re- Stippins sounds like a, a fun nickname you would give to your dog or something. Hey, Stippin, come here, boy. Uh, come here, Stippins. Come here. To police headquarters to prevent them from leaving. The Joint Chief of Staff's directive on research and teaching stated that, de- uh, that technicians and scientists should be released only after all interested agencies were satisfied that all desired intelligence information had been obtained from them. Waterboarding. <laughs> Advanced interrogation. Okay, not torture. Uh, waterboarding does deserve its own theme song, huh? Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be rad. Yeah. I mean, you're just splashing some water on your face, yeah, you know? Yeah, what's wrong with that? Hey, can I waterboard yeah, you? Yeah, sure, man. All right, on my way. <laughs> on November 5th, 1947, <laughs> the Office of Military Government of the United States, uh, OMGS, or Amigas, as I like to call it. Omgs! <laughs> um, uh, which had jurisdiction... Oh, please stop making that face. Over the western part of occupied Germany, uh, Germany held a conference to consider the status... Will you stop? <laughs> Are you just frozen like that forever now? Yeah, yeah. All right. Consider the status of evacuees. The monetary claims that the evacuations... Um... Bison, are you Okay. Uh, status of the evacuees, the monetary claims that the evacuees had filed against the United States, and the possible violation by the U.S. of laws of war or rules of land warfare. The Amgus, <laughs> Director of Intelligence, R.L. Walsh, initiated a program to resettle the evacuees in the Third World, which the Germans referred to as General Walsh's Your World Program, or Jungle Program. However, this program never matured. In 1948, the evacuees received settlements of 69.5 million Reichsmarks. Nice! uh, Yeah, um, from the U.S., a settlement that soon became severely devalued during the currency reform that introduced the Deutschmark, 
as the official currency of Western Germany. So they gave them almost $70 million uh, of an outdated currency. Douchemark. <laughs> what are you doing? Thoughts? Douchemark? Douchemark? Doofenshmark? Doofenshmark? How many times can we say Douchemark before it's Doofenshmark Seville Incorporated! Sorry. <sighs> Phineas and Ferb. I love Phineas. Douchemarks are really good uh, currency name, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we should only count billionaires' monies in doofen, uh, doofen, <laughs> doofenshmarks or whatever. Doofenshmarks. <laughs> evil Incorporated, yeah. Uh, John Gimbel uh, includes... We call this the Dehendinator! <laughs> uh, concludes that the United States held some of Germany's best minds for three years, therefore depriving the German recovery of their expertise, which is good. We are good and great, and we have never done anything wrong. We are America. Nope. We are proud. Strength in numbers. We are proud. We are Marines. Strength in community. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we drank at the exact same time. What are you drinking, by the coffee, way? Coffee, like always. <laughs> okay. I'm drinking delicious, life-saving aqua. <sighs> I'm drinking that bean water, man. Um, in May 1945, did I did, uh, the U.S. Navy received in custody Herbert A. Wagner, the inventor of the HS-293 missile for two years, uh, and he first worked at the Special Devices Center at Castle Gold in Hempstead House, Long Island, New York, in 1947. He moved to the Naval Air Station Point Mugu. What? Point Mugu. Mugu? Mugu. All right. In August 1945... That's gonna be Mugen's... <laughs> Mugen. Mugen's Island. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm really wet right now. <laughs> I love the fact that they didn't see what you did. Yeah. So they just get that out of context and yeah. they never explain. No, nope, no, no, you're f- really wet right now. I poured water into my face. Fine, you tell him. As a, as a goof. In August 1945. Soaking wet between my legs. <laughs> I'm soaking wet. Uh, August 1945. Colonel Holger Toftoy. <laughs> Toftoy. Head of the rocket branch of the Research and Development Division of the U.S. Army's Ordnance Corps offered initial one-year contracts to this rocket scientist. 127 of them accepted. So we're now employing 127 Nazis. In September 1945, the first group of seven rocket scientists, aerospace engineers, arrived at Fort Strong located on Long Island in Boston Harbor. Warner Von Braun, Eric W. Newbert, Theodore A. Poppel, August Schultz, uh, Eberhard Reese, Wilhelm Jungert, and Walter Schwiditsky. 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 <laughs> I like that. That kicks yeah. ass. Uh, all Nazis now employed <laughs> by the United <Yeah>. States. <laughs> Schwiditsky. Schwiditsky. Uh, I'm... Uh, <laughs> man, I forgive him for <laughs> <laughs> Are we naming your uh, tangent tabletop characters to Schwiditsky? Yeah. yeah, Nick Schwiditsky. <laughs> Which actually does sound like a... Man, I'm going to take note of that name, because that sounds like a cool mob character. Oh my god. Nick Schwiditsky. <laughs> Beginning in... <laughs> hey, I'm Nick, Sh- I'm Nick Schwiditsky. <laughs> uh, Give me some coffee. Some coffee. Uh, beginning in late 1945, three rocket scientist groups arrived at the United States for duty at Fort Bliss, Texas, and at White Sands Proving Grounds, said duty. New Mexico, as War Department Special Employees. Uh, I love how uh, War Department Special Employees is just another name for Nazis now. 
1946, the United States Bureau of Mines employed seven German synthetic fuel scientists at a Fisher Tropsch medical, uh, sorry, chemical plant in Louisiana, Missouri. Um, I knew the Nazis were in Louisiana. They have been for way from. too long. Yep. Uh, on June 1st, 1949, the Chief of Ordnance of the United States Army designated Redstone Arsenal in Huntsville, Alabama as the Ordnance Rocket Center, its facility for rocket research and development. On April 1st, 1950, the Fort Bliss Missile Development Operation, including Von Braun and his team of over 130 paperclip members, were transferred to Redstone Arsenal. And in the early 1950s, legal U.S. residency for some of the Project Paperclip specialists was affected through the U.S. Consulate a consulate in uh, Ciudad Juarez, Chihuahua, Mexico. Uh, thus, German scientists legally entered the United States from Latin America. Cool. Uh, between 1945 and 1952, the United States Air Force sponsored the largest number of paperclip scientists, importing 260 men, of whom 36 returned to Germany, and one Walter Schreiber re-immigrated to Argentina. 86 aeronautical engineers were transferred to Wright Field, Ohio, where the United States had uh, Luftwaffe aircraft and equipment. Luftwaffe? 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 I don't... No, Luftwaffe. Is, it? Is that right? Yeah. Is... Okay. Yeah. Uh, and equipment captured under Operation Lusty. Uh... <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> kinky Nazi oh, scientists. Yeah. Luftwaffe secret technology. Get horny, fellas. Horny for missiles. Uh, the United yep. States Army Signal Corps employed 24 scientists, uh, specialists, sorry, including the physicist Gorg. Uh, I, I hope it's George, but it could have been a typo on my part, but there's no E, so I'm saying Gorg. <laughs> Gorg Guba. Gunter Gutwein. Gorg Haas. My name Gorg Guba. <laughs> Gorg Haas. Uh, Horst Keresi and Kurt Lehovec. The physical uh, man. Imagine being in that that fucking gang of miscreants, right? And your name's Keith. Keith. <laughs> um, the physical chemist Rudolf Brill, Ernst Bars, and Eberhard Boff. Uh, the geophysicist Helmut Weichmann, and the optical optician uh, Gerhard Schweizinger. Schweizinger. Uh, and the engineers Ed Edward Gerber. Richard Gunther and Hans Zeigler. All good people. Hans Zeigler is classic German shit, right? Isn't it? Uh, in 1959, 94 Operation Paperclip men went to the United States, including Friedwert Winterberg and Friedrich Wigand. Uh, overall, through its operation to 1990, Operation Paperclip imported 1,600 men as part of their intellectual reparations owed to the U.S. and U.K., Valued at $10 billion in patents and industrial processes. Sick. Hell yeah. Hey, you want to know some uh, some cool stuff I just saw? Uh, sure. Uh, apparently, Trump is going to speak at CPAC 2021 on February 28th. Love that. Yep. Here's hoping it's not directly at the Capitol again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we the White House this time. Yeah, Trump will be talking about the future of the Republican Party and the conservative movement. Nazis. <laughs> the funny thing about conservative movement being called, like, it being called a movement is the fact that conservatives are all about standing still in time. Yeah. It's not a movement. They've been the same with very little changes for a long time. It's not a fucking movement. Yeah. They don't want change. It's literally the opposite of progress. Yeah. What are you talking about? Uh, anyways, 
So Warner Von Braun was chief architect of Saturn V launch vehicle, the key instrument in getting humans to the moon. So it's argued that without Nazi scientists, we may not have made it to the moon. Hey, who's making that argument, by the way? <laughs> I think it's wrong. <laughs> I think it's I think it's incorrect. Or we would because... not have beat the USSR. Cool. <laughs> uh, Adolf Boozman. How important is that, right? Because yeah. like it's fair. Imprisoning Nazis for the obvious crimes against both the world and humanity. Or going to the moon. Go to Big Rock in the sky uh, before Ruskies. I don't know. I'm in the middle, Ooh. man. I'm a centrist. I can't decide. That's fair. <laughs> hey, you know what? You're entitled to your opinion, even though it makes you want to break your goddamn neck. <laughs> uh, Adolf Boozman was the mind behind the sweat. Boozman? Yeah. Uh, which improved That's, aircraft performance. I, my last name speeds. is Beerman, and he's Boozman. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's throw a party, my guy. Uh, Want to know uh, some of the awards these Nazi scientists received, Bryson? Yeah. Okay. Cool. What if I said no? Um, we would read it anyways, and you would be forced okay. to hear it. Because, uh, like, I'm, I'm looking at the timestamp. We got enough for a full episode, so, like, we don't have to. <laughs> We're almost done with it. Uh, the NASA Distinguished Service Medal is the highest award which may be bestowed by the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, you know, NASA. After more than two decades of service and leadership in NASA, four Operation Paperclip members were awarded the NASA Distinguished Service Medal in 1969. Uh, Kurt Debus, Eberhard Rees, Arthur Rudolph, and Werner von Braun. Ernst Geisler was awarded the medal in 1973. The Department of Defense Distinguished Civilian Service award, of, uh, award is the highest civilian award given by the United States Do Department of Defense. After two decades of service, Operation Paperclip member Siegfried Neymar was awarded the Department of Defense Distinguished Civilian Service Award in 1966. The Godard, uh, Godard, 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 yep, I said it earlier and then I just Because of Jimmy Neutron's dog. Yeah. Uh, Astronautics Award is the highest honor bestowed from notable achievements in the field of astronautics by the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics, AIAA. For their service, three Operation Paperclip members were awarded the Goddard uh, Astronautics Award, Werner von Braun in 1961, Hans von Ohain in 1967, and Kraft Arnold Eric in 1984. The U.S. Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville, Alabama owns and operates the U.S. Space Camp. Several Operation Paperclip members are members of the uh, Space Camp Hall of Fame, which began in 2007. Warner von Braun in 2007, George von Tysenhausen in 2008, and Oscar Holder in 2008. Uh, the New Mexico Museum of Space History includes the International Space Hall of Fame. Uh, two Operation pa uh, Paperclip members are members of the International Space Hall of Fame. Warner von Braun, Ursch Steinhoff, uh, Hubertus Stronghold was inducted in 1978, but removed as a member in 2006. For, 15, uh, for 50 years, from 1963 to 2013, the Stronghold Award, named after Hubertus Stronghold, the father of space medicine, for a central role in developing innovations like the spacesuit and space life support system, was the most prestigious award from the Space Medicine Association. Uh, a member organization of the Aerospace... Space Medicine Association yeah. really doesn't sound like what it, it is, does, Yeah, right? it doesn't sound real. Because it sounds like bone-growing serums like we see in Rick and Morty, and it just isn't that. It should be. Yeah. I'd love to know how to regrow bones. Mm -hmm. uh, on October 1st, 2013, in which the aftermath of Wall Street journal, journal, journal article published on December 1st, 2012... 
which highlighted his connection to human experiments in World War II. The Space Medicine Association's executive committee announced that the Space Medicine Association uh, award had been retired. So that's cool. So, like, you knew he was a Nazi, though, right? <laughs> like, what did you think he did yeah. before this? Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of like when you hear uh, a uh, like a celebrity who, like, everybody talks about knowing they're a fucking creep. And Joss then... Whedon? Well, I guess he's not creepy. He's Joss an Whedon, asshole. Yeah, Joss Whedon, but also, like... Henry, like, you know, Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew who and what he was. Yeah. And they only started talking shit about him when he was arrested and convicted. And it's well, like, yeah, he holds no power at that point. That's true. But, like, oh, it's so frustrating to see yeah. that. It is. It's very frustrating. You know why it's the case, but it's still frustrating. Yeah. Uh, two lunar craters are named after paperclip scientist uh, Davis after Kurt Davis. And the first director of NASA is Kenny's. Kennedy Space Center, and Von Braun. Uh, Several of the paperclip scientists were later investigated because of their links with the Nazi party during the war. Only one paperclip scientist, George Rickey, was formally tried for any crime, and no paperclip scientist was found guilty of any crime. In America, of course, or they didn't Germany. commit any crimes because they because they weren't part of the Nazi party uh, in a political sense. Only, yeah, uh, uh, Rickey was returned to Germany <laughs> in 1947 to stand trial at the Dora trial, where he was acquitted. In 1951, after the week after weeks, in 1951, weeks after his U.S. arrival, Walter Schreiber was linked by the Boston Globe to human experiments conducted by Kurt uh, Blom at Ravensbrück, and he immigrated to Argentina with the aid of the U.S. military. In 1984, Arthur Rudolph, under perceived threats of prosecution relating to his connection as operation director for V-2 missile production to the use of forced labor from, uh. Uh, Do- the Dora base at the Middlework renounced his U.S. citizenship and moved to West Ger- Germany, which granted him citizenship. So what are your thoughts? This whole experience has just reinforced that the United States government is piss. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> is only piss it's good. and has only ever been piss. Uh-huh. Burn it down. <sighs> yeah. I am calling for revolution. <laughs> Man. And I will... This is my confession, mm-hmm. admissible in court. It's insane that Operation Paperclip was once just considered a conspiracy theory, because it's all fact, every single part of it. Yeah. But nobody wants to believe that the U.S. military, or government, I guess, would house and provide uh, jobs and awards and acquittal to Nazi Germans. It's not that crazy. <laughs> it's not that crazy, but nobody wants yeah. to believe that it happened. I mean, I wish it didn't. I don't want to believe it didn't, but you you have to. It's fact. Yeah, it's just a thing that happened. And it's all good. Yep, I love the world we live in. It's great, man. It's so great. Um, uh, why are all your episodes just make me tired? <laughs> it's because they're very sad. <laughs> yeah. I do. Uh, uh, it's okay. We got some fun episodes coming up, like fucking aliens. Got any final notes? Fucking aliens and Rasputin. Um, yeah, Rasputin's only a good guy, so that yeah. makes sense. I mean, he's only known for having a big dick, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that great song. Rah, rah, Rasputin, lover of the Russian queen. Uh, uh, all right, well, hey, <laughs> thank you so much for listening, everybody. Yeah, thank you. Great episode, as always, Taz. 
Uh, I love when you do episodes because I just get to be funny. Yeah, I love when you do episodes because I don't have to, I don't have to think. And I can just say stupid yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, and that's all you yeah. do. Uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Tangent Avenue or myself at Wanna Toothpick on Twitter. Kaz, where can they find you? you can find me at Zaphiel on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, if you guys want, shut up! No, I didn't ask about your Instagram. <sighs> I asked about your Twitter. That's fine, Bryson. Uh, if you guys want to connect more with the community, uh, we have found that Instagram and Facebook for Tangent Avenue do seem to get the most interaction. So if you guys want to join that group or like the Facebook page, but I don't use either of those. Instagram. So find me on Twitter. Yeah, I don't fuck around with Facebook. I'm on Twitter constant. I'm on Twitter as I'm saying this, just scrolling through, just like oh, Piggly Wiggly's Wario. I don't even know what that tweet was about. <laughs> Uh, yeah, statement on Mexico trip, just hot fucking nonsense from Ted Cruz. Gotta uh, love Just him. like, uh, yeah, just a lot of, a lot of tweets going on right now. Um, love to see that shit. Uh, you can also, uh, find us on Facebook at, uh, Tangent Avenue on our Facebook group or the Tangent Avenue podcast. Um, uh, as always, we want to thank our good friend, Julie Marie Artistry for the lovely cover work she's done. Uh, she also did some lovely cover work for Tangent Tabletop, which will be coming out soon on our Patreon. So, uh, if nothing else, subscribe just to see that absolute beaut. Um, uh, you can find more of her work at Instagram.com slash Artistry. And always, we want to thank Homesick Entertainment for our outro, intro, and mid-roll music. You can find their work at YouTube.com slash C slash Homesick. And that's everything, guys. I hope you enjoyed talking yeah. about Nazis. It's not the last time. Have a good day, Sans Nazis. Ta ta, Tangent Avenue, fucking Russian Queens. Is that's no, what keep it we going. do? That's it. That's keep our going. little jingle now. All right, I'll get homesick on it. <laughs> <laughs> New closing out theme. Ta ta. Episode Tangent over. Avenue. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. This was an Asphalt Studios production.